All right. Welcome, everybody, to a Daylight Savings Time edition of Who's Your Band? We're doing this an hour earlier, and it, believe me, it's taking a toll. Uh, it's just... horrible when you when you get home from a gig, and you, you were in the same area as me last night. You get home from a gig, and you can't just go right to bed. So, like, I put Saturday Night Live on, and I'm watching it, and it says 159, and then, boom, 3 o'clock. I'm like, you Fucking no, I don't prick. like I don't like when it goes to three o'clock. Anyway, guys, that was I'm Sean Morton. I drove from Boston, and you guys are complaining. And that's Mark Ricketts, Donna. <laughs> this is going to be a clusterfuck and the greatest episode ever today. Everyone. And it's a special show because what it we're is. doing today is we are going to be doing, I think, the impossible. We're going to be trying to count down the top ten Bruce Springsteen songs. So mm-hmm. what we're going to do is we're going to give our lists. We have a bunch of lists uh, from listeners, so thank you guys for sending those in during the week. And we're going to kick things off with Mark Riccadonna giving us his top 10 uh, Springsteen songs. So if you're not sure who Mark Riccadonna is, okay, Mark is a great comedian, but he, let me tell you something, he knows his shit when it comes to music. <laughs> there are, you can count on one hand the respect I have for comedians that can speak music. Mark is easily at the top of that list. It's the same as I was with sports, though. Like, I'm really into it. But if you want facts and, like, you're going to go into batting averages and who played bass in 1982, I'm out. Like, I'm not, like, (laughs) I don't know a ton of minutia of it, but I just, I love music. I respect musicians. And uh, because of our job of telling dick and fart jokes, we seem to get to meet our heroes pretty often. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's that's the best part of the, our job, I think, is uh, the stuff we get to see because we tell dick jokes. It's very true. <laughs> it's definitely a perk. All right, Mark, <laughs> kick, kick us off. Start, start with number right. 10 and work your way up. Here we go. So, top, top 10 Springsteen songs. This is going to be almost an impossible task. Yeah, this was like the Sophie's Choice of Comedy. Like of uh, music, I mean, it was ridiculous trying to. I was beating my head against the wall. I do have an honorable mention if okay. I can bring those up first. Of course, um, a lot of my choices might not be necessarily his best songs, but they're things that were personal to me. So that's what made me do a lot of my that. choices. I'm glad you said um, that. I think, we'll explain I think that a that's little part later. of it. Listen, listen, this is completely subjective. Everyone, you know. Every, People who have something like Dancing in the Dark, I'm guaranteeing none of us are going to have that in our top I 10. don't. Yeah. 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 So, good. I Mark. do have a situation that's like the Dancing in the Dark video. Um, my my number one honorable mention is 1995's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opening when he did Darkness on the Edge of Town and my cousin Mike Underwood stormed the stage and hugged Bruce on camera live <laughs> and they his security dragged him off and I guess Bruce said when they grabbed him because my cousin had real long hair and he's really skinny he goes let the girl sing <laughs> as a 15 year old Mark Riccadonna sitting at home watching this on television being televised and then all of a sudden seeing my cousin Mike who lives no lie 150 yards to the right of us, storming the stage during Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. 
And then, like, CNN did a whole uh, uh, thing about when fans attack and all this stuff, and his picture was plastered everywhere. <laughs> and it probably showed that broad who was always running onto the baseball fields who had the gigantic, gigantic tits in, like, the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Morgana. Her? Yes, Morgana. Morgana, Christine yeah, she'd Bandit. run, and her fucking tits yeah. would hit her head while she was running. <laughs> Disproportionate, <laughs> stupid tits. <laughs> So that's my first honorable mention. My second honorable mention is uh, when he played with um, with uh, the Wallflowers in ninety. I believe it was ninety nine on the MTV Music Awards. Yeah, one headlight. They sang one yeah. headlight together. Um, Bruce Springsteen was a huge part of my uh, growing up, my teenage years, and the fact that the guy Jake Dylan, who had to Bob Dylan's son. But he also was like the number one musician that year. He had the number one song at the time. And Springsteen kind of disappeared. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, Bruce Springsteen's on stage with Jacob Dylan singing a song that was like a really big hit at the time. I thought that was like a pretty cool moment. And that it's was a back band, when I used A band to... that I thought was going to do a lot more, The Wallflower. Yeah. Really? yeah. That's, that song, One Headlight and 10th Avenue's Heartache. Both those songs I thought were almost written in the style of a Springsteen song. Huge. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, um, Springsteen was a huge Dylan fan, and then Jacob Dylan was a huge Bruce fan. So it was kind of like a big full circle moment. So it comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I also have uh, Sam and Dave's Hold On, I'm Coming. Um, okay. They played that live, and Bruce, I think, was playing the Dave part and the Sam and Dave part. I don't remember which one he filled in for, but it was really cool to see him singing with the original artist. Have you heard the the last album that he did where there was all the 60s and 70s soul covers? Yes. Great record. Oh, yeah. I, Does um, anybody have Night Shift on their list? I don't like that song from that album. I'm not a fan. <laughs> the one song. <laughs> <laughs> Love the movie. Not a fan of the song. Oh, the movie's awesome. <laughs> Tuna fish and mayonnaise in the, in the same can. <laughs> I'm so, an idea uh, man. <laughs> so See then the my movie, last folks. of the honorable mention was, and it's not even that great of a cover of it, but just the fact of the respect that both of these people had for each other and the respect I have for both of their music, not that they care, was uh, when Bruce Springsteen did London Calling mm. uh, oh, for wow. Joel yeah. Strummer's birthday. I thought... It's not even a great cover of it, but the the idea of it was uh, mind blowing to me. That it was like, oh my god, Joel Strummer's like the Bruce Springsteen of punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now we'll get to the the, the real top ten. The real top ten. The Do you guys Rick wanna... Adana top ten. This is the Rick Adana top ten. Number ten. I know it's. I, well, it's famous for a reason, but uh, I have a, a personal reason of why it is, but it's probably one of his most famous songs is Glory Days. Okay. Glory Days. I grew up in a town. I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, which is the home of Glory Days. Um, my wife laughs the first time she came home to meet my parents and we drove to Ohio. We went to a bar and some guy came over to me and started talking to me about my senior year, our football team, and asking me all these questions about things that happened on the field on a certain game. 
And then he walked away and Angie goes, do you know him? And I go, no, I have no idea who that guy was. <laughs> I go, this is, do you ever see the music video for Glory Days? Oh, You're yeah. We'll, talk about, that. we'll talk about that later on, Mark. <laughs> You're in that music video right now. <laughs> I, I, coached, I coached football on that field. No way. Yeah, no, that's in, uh, that's Garland, I think. Wow. Garland of Garfield, New Jersey. Garfield. Yeah, it's in Garfield. Mm-hmm. Garfield, New Jersey. So Glory Days, I mean, obviously it's a great song. It was overplayed for a very long time, but overplayed for a reason. It's a great song. And, Most of uh, the stuff from Born the USA record is overplayed, and it's like that big crossover from when he went from like the songwriter to like a pop star. So yeah. a lot of like purists really hate a lot of that stuff from that record, but it is it's to it's this when, day my favorite Bruce record. Me too. It's it's when Springsteen went electric. Yeah. <laughs> um, I say it's not even in my top five. Really? Yes. Look at wow. Somebody likes B sides. Um, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my fucking hell every Sunday. <laughs> Who are you, D. Schneider? I hate it. Schneider. <laughs> you Schneider. All right, nerd. <laughs> and continue with this lesson. Number nine, another one off of that album, No Surrender. Mm. Love that song. Not a bad song. It's song. Uh, the lyrics are so great. It, it really it's a it's like a bonding song you like you listen to it you're ready to go to war um number eight in brisbane australia they covered the bgs and staying alive hmm. and uh not that great of a song until you hear bruce springsteen sing it does a great version of purple rain too oh yeah oh yeah but what he has uh tom morello play guitar on it um he comes out. I mean, you listen to that song and you feel the pain of the main character. Yep. It, it, it's really a great cover. Um, number seven, Pete, Se- Pete Seeger uh, cover. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. That uh, That's interesting. His version of it is so. Wait, and I miss the B-sides. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Pete Seeger's the that's a, that's, a, that, that's a deep one. Yeah, that, because it's a, because I have a bunch of lists here that did not make it on any of them. Wow, yeah. really? It's yes. a, I, give it a listen, man. I you sit down and listen to it, and you just you can feel. Bruce Springsteen has that thing with his voice, man. He makes you feel whatever the main character in the song's feeling. Absolutely, and, just like Sinatra did. Yeah, he has a. Maybe it's New Jersey. <laughs> um, number six, Better Days. Um, it's a good song, solid song. Every time I hear it, I get emotionally involved in it. Number five, again, off the board in the USA, Bobby Jean. Oh, God, let me tell you. I, that could be one of the, the best songs he's ever written. I agree, man. I had a Bobby Jean in high school. Jeff, if you want to just log off and, and go take a nap, me and Mark got this. <laughs> you, you, you don't have this because <laughs> <Yeah>, Bobby Jean. <laughs> I, 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 I changed the name. No longer is it Wendy. Now it's going to be Bobby Jean. <laughs> this is the this podcast today is the epitome of three comics who worked the night before who are all fucking exhausted today. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's the one who gets cranky when he doesn't get enough sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm laying up. It's like 4:15. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? 
I'm listening to stoic <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> I was driving across the George Washington Bridge, I think, at 4.15. Oh, God. Was there still traffic? Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I crossed it twice last night. <laughs> the uh, So I like Bobby Jean because to me it was a song. I have a friend who was a Bobby Jean. We both graduated high school, never spoke again. We were best friends. She's not even on social media. So it's like, I have no idea what the hell she's doing with her life. And meanwhile, I spent all this time with her, with a friendship. So that song has a lot of deep meaning to it from me. Um, I feel you. I feel you. Number four, The Rising. The whole. Oh, that's a great song. That's a great it. song. I had that on my on my one of my lists too. Yeah, The Rising to me, it was. Uh, I was living in actually in um, Union City. I was commuting into the city every day. I was in school. Wait, where did you live in Union City? Palisades Avenue. That's where I grew up. I grew up on 2401 Palisade Avenue in Union City. No shit. Yep. It's first 17 I mean, years of my life. <laughs> I was there 2000, probably 2002. No, 2001 to 2003. That's great, man. And uh, yeah, it was uh, that that album was the album I listened to every single day on an old fashioned Walkman. As I uh, went through the helix on the bus, on the 123 bus. Yep. And uh, listening to the rising and sad enough, looking at ground zero every morning when I got up because it overlooked there. So that song has a, that whole album has a deep, deep meaning to me because it, it was that period of time. Um, number three, Born to Run. Got to put it on there. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like the, but it, there's a reason it was this huge breakout song. And uh, I absolutely adore that song. Number two, if I should fall behind. Oh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. I and love I like that, that song. I actually danced with my wife at our wedding to it. You, so it has a, it's another sappy. one. This is a very, this is like a fucking Twilight Zone episode for me right now already. And we haven't even gotten to Jeff because we know he's in fucking outer space. My best friend's wedding song was If I Should Fall Behind with his wife. It's, it's such a, a great song. It is it's, a great one. I mean, it's very vulnerable song, and it allows somebody to be so open about how they feel about someone. I love it. Great song. And number one, which is probably going to be the one that makes you guys all upset and pissed, Youngstown. <laughs> you have to fucking pick that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, from there, it's... uh. You know, every time you hear the song, I feel like I get a uh, flashback to everything I grew up to. I got to tell you, Mark, your list did not disappoint. It's um, no, it's very it, good. Yeah, it's no, it's it's not cliche. It's not you know, it's not predictable. I thought that was a, a great list. And, thank you, man. Yeah, oh no, great job, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Jeff. You're up next. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna also do a, a qualifier like Riccadonna. I'm gonna throw in two honorable mentions. Okay. Okay. Uh, one honorable mention is it's hard to be a saint in the city. Uh, this, was, this was like impossible to leave off my top 10, but it, I mean, good. I was really going back and forth with this. And the other one was, um, damn, actually I have two, man. And there's two more I have. One was waiting on a sunny day, which is Whoa. more of like a, a more modern song. one, which is great live. And if you I also don't like bob your head to that song, you're dead inside. Oh yeah. 100%. Exactly. And I also like, the the anger and and like the emotion in uh, murder incorporated 
Um, those are going, but my, but I'll, I'll start my top 10, uh, this way. Uh, I'm going to start with number 10, 92, uh, has the same name of the album, which was Lucky Town. Remember he came out with Human Touch and Lucky yep. Town on the same yeah. day. I like, I like the mixture of rock and folk in this, um, even stripped down acoustically. This is a great, great song. And I think that's the, the telltale sign of a great song when you don't need the whole back and it's just, and you can just hear it acoustically. I love uh, Lucky Town. Great song. He performed it on Saturday Night Live as well. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, that's right. I yeah, remember. I do. Uh, number nine, um, you talk about most of my 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 top 10 are going to come basically from two albums. And this is one of them. It comes from The River, which I think is one of the best albums of, of any genre at any time. And it's going to be number uh, number nine is Point Blank. Um, wow, that's a that's a that's a really really good song. It's a great song, and what makes it great is the E Street Band, uh, the Professor Roy Bitten, that that haunting piano. It's just so beautiful, and you know when you hear that music, and you hear about the disappointment of the working class, which is what the album is basically based on. And the song is about how you're born dying. You know, it's it's a really, really poignant song. I love it. Um, I could not leave this off. You know, I was kind of going between this and uh, Hard to Be a Saint in the City. I, this song, I just think, I think the music, you know, Roy Bitton's piano playing, is, you know, he has a style that just really stands out. Like you, you can hear him when he plays on other people's music. You know that Roy Bitton. Um, yeah. Number eight. Little little corny, little cliche, but one of the first songs that hooked me into Springsteen was Hungry Heart, also from the uh, uh, great song, though. From the river, it is. And I don't know if a lot if you guys knew this, but this was originally a song that was written for the Ramones. Yeah, you know, Joey, yeah, Joey Ramone, wow, yeah, asked mm-hmm. us, uh, Bruce to write a song for him. And I think it was just so good, and the record company liked it so much that they he decided to keep it. They speeded up his voice on this a, a little bit. And it came across as a poppy song. So this was one of his like high you know, to, to this point in his career. It was his highest uh, yeah. uh, chart single. Uh, number seven, also off the river. So this is three river songs in a row. Um, Out in the street. It's oh, a staple lot. Great live song. It's really a mixture of the darkness of the album and the upbeat and the music and i think clarence really takes over this with a fantastic uh sax solo did so, you ever see uh, adam sandler do it on mtv when he did <laughs> he did out in the street yeah he had this like concert like right when his albums were like really really big like they're going to laugh at you he had those two monster records in a row they did yeah. like a nice concert and uh, at the very end he busts out out in the street him playing guitar and singing it really cool <laughs> <laughs> Um, we should, after we do our list, we should talk about our favorite Bruce Springsteen parodies because that was like its own genre of comedy for a while. It could be. Um, <laughs> so let me let me think. I got I got I got a couple more here. Uh, number six, um, I love. I always love the song off of Born to Run. Uh, the song Night. Um, it ha- yeah, it has a similar Every feel. Yeah, it has a similar feel to um, Born uh, Born to Run. Um, it's, it, it's that, it's that feel the song of this, the song's about like, like what Springsteen wrote about 
in his early years. You're working during the day, man, and drag racing at night. Now, these days, drag racing would be dressing up as a girl and running down the street. But back then, <laughs> drag racing, you're getting this canceled. <laughs> It's what it is. I'm not saying anything derogatory. RuPaul okay. has its own show of drag yeah, about drag racing, right? <laughs> so yeah, so that, that, it's, it's about Jeff it's about. I look like I could be on it. Yeah, it's about racing cars. Okay, um, and this has that big wall of sound, like you know, like style to it. You know, like you know it from the very beginning. The sax, you know, Max on the drums, like that big bombastic sound. It's a great, great song. And it's sung like again. It reminds me a lot of "Born uh, to Run," which I did not put on this list. Um, number five, off of the first song off of his debut album, um, "For You." I think it is a great song. It's a it's a song about a woman's suicide, but it's a song that kind of builds. And I think people really know the cover version of it more. That was done by the Manford Man Earth Band. If you guys remember, they they covered that. Greg Kinn covered this song too and put it on his uh, Best Of album. Um, but just the beginning, it, you could hear the difference in production in Greetings from Asbury Park compared to uh, an album like Born in the USA. Okay, it's you know it is very very raw and also but also very very beautiful. Great great song and how how it kind of builds. Um, number four. Um, a song that has never been on a live, a regular recording, a regular studio album, um, Because the Night. Uh, mm -hmm. Patti Smith, 10,000 Maniacs had uh, bigger hit, chart hopping hits sure. with the song. Uh, but again, a song that was originally written for Darkness on the Edge of Town, and somehow it gets into Patti Smith's hands and she does a fantastic uh, version of it. I, I, gotta, I, I actually prefer a 10,000 Maniacs version of that song. Do you? I think that's a, a, one of the best covers that's ever been done. It is, a, it is a great cover, but I mean, I've never heard a bad version of this song. Mm -hmm. it, and Bruce's version on it, on, and you can find it on two different live albums. You can find it on the big, you know, three CD uh, box set, and then there's another live album you can find it on. Really, really good. Um, Okay, we go to my top three. Uh, number three, off of uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, The Promised Land. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know how you leave that off. Um, uh, he's the uh, the idea of the Promised Land was taken derived from a, a poem called Ulysses. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, what's his name? Also did something with this. Uh, Chuck Berry, and he wrote a song similar called Promised Land. And what he was talking about was he was talking about uh, making a journey from uh, middle America to California. Um, Bruce is really talking about. Didn't Elvis cover that version? No, the, that's, that's a different song called. Yeah, that's a different, yeah, oh, okay. Which is, which is no, no, brilliant. I don't know. I've never heard. Of, I've never heard a cover of this, but what this, but what Bruce is talking about here and darkness remember was an album that he had to wait a couple of years to make because he was going through legal problems. So he's talking, you know, with, with uh, uh, a lawyer, um, but he, it's about the belief in something without lack of evidence or with lack of evidence um, and just readjusting dreams. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a song that always kind of like stuck with me. I love it. Okay. First two, first top two, I could flip flop them. I think 
you have all these other songs I list, listed, and these songs just stand apart. Is there a more beautiful, more storytelling song than The River? Okay. The the, the title song in 1980, uh, it starts off with that haunting harmonica. Um, it's such a heartland song. I mean, you can be from New Jersey, you can be from Youngtowns, Ohio, or you can be from South Dakota. The opening line, I come down from uh, the valley. Oh, my God, man. And, and it tells the story of just like readjusting your dream and, and how life kind of like really the, the reality of life takes over. The, the, the part about get, getting married and the judge put it all to rest. You know, oh <laughs> God, man. Got a union card for his wedding. Yeah, it just rips your heart out. You know, the, being idealistic when you were young and then reality just hits you in the face. Holy shit. What a, gr I mean, lyrically, yeah. I don't know if there's a better song. Um, and then the song that always did it for me, I loved it as a kid. Um, it never, never gets boring for me is prove it all night off of darkness on, uh, uh, you know, darkness on the edge of town. Um, it's a song kind of like it's optimistic uh, again, you know, the players really stand out in here. Roy Bitten, the sax solo um, with, with Clarence, how it uh, melts into a great uh, guitar lead by Bruce. And then when you hear it live, the, the back and forth vocals between Lil Steven and Bruce, you know, that, that yeah, 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 you know, is so cool and really gets it. And also, if you, you can go on YouTube and there's a version from 1978 when he's playing in Phoenix and the the uh, interlude is 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 really really pretty, but I I believe Patty Smith may have taken that interlude and turned it into the song Frederick, which is also a very underrated great Patty Smith song. Um, but is just this so many different versions of this song, none of them are bad. They're all off the charts fantastic. Um, this was an incredibly hard thing to do. Come up, you know. We, we, I thought the Metallica one was hard. I thought this was harder. Yeah, yeah. This, this, is, this, is, this is what happens, Mark. Um, just so you, you've done the show before, Jeff. Uh, I give a lot of credit to because Jeff does all the research. He does tons of research whenever he's asking questions. Uh, I basically just show up and save the show every week. Um, so <laughs> not all heroes wear capes. We're learning that. It, it's very true. <laughs> So I love these lists that we do. We do these lists every, uh, probably every two months or so. And they, you know, we, we don't have a lot of crossover. I had 42 songs, which I narrowed down to 35 songs, which I narrowed down to 23 songs. Now, the reason I wanted both of you to go on first is I could not get it down to 10. I narrowed it down to 22 songs. So now I have the, <laughs> I have the best list for springsteen and i have my personal favorite for springsteen and there's not one song repeated on this but nice. from the, both of us well no no there's a couple that are repeat more with mark than with you but i'm saying on my list the best in mine there's um there's no crossover at all so i'm not I saying was, the same song twice and i was tearing myself apart doing the list because i'm like well i mean personally favorite songs or like I couldn't do Great it. Great song to listen to. Like yeah. I was driving. It drove me insane because it's, it's, it's like, so true, man. That's why I, I love not. music for memory. Oh like, yeah, you, I have a lot of memories on here, and that's why I love what both what you both of you said. Well, uh, I think uh, Mark also captured it perfectly when he said this was the Sophie's choice of lists. 
yeah, to leave something off, you know, like like it was hard. Oh, you when just, you brought up you a couple songs, it. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't. I should have really had that one on. I felt, I, I and it actually hurt my feelings. <laughs> I didn't have a song on the list. All right, I can't I'm wait gonna, to hear your show. I'm going to start with uh, an honorable mention on the best list. I'm going to do the best list first. There's best okay. songs, and then I'll do my my top ten. Uh, the honorable mention is a fairly new song. It's Land of Hope and Dreams. Great song. Oh, yeah. Great and song. The reason I put that on is that I, I read him in an interview, Bruce, saying it's probably one of his favorite songs he's ever done. And now it's his official opener every single night. He's opening with that song. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to see him twice. Uh, once next month, once in September. Uh, I paid a fucking mortgage payment to for both of those concerts. And I'm going to be yeah. very high and very the sh- the alert. Is great. They're fucking out of this world. Uh, so that's my honorable mention. Number 10. Uh, I thought Mark would have put this on here. Uh, it's a song from the soundtrack from The Wrestler. And it's called The Wrestler. Oh, dude, I just <laughs> missed the... Just so- missed the- Great movie. Obviously, I love wrestling, so that's that's part of the reasoning that I like it so much. Um, yeah. I think Mickey Rourke's performance in that uh, was one of the best performances in the last 25 years, and he got robbed of the Oscar for that movie. It's, that's a great movie. Uh, Todd Barry has a great role in that movie. There's so many Drew great people. Drew Friedlander. Yeah, there's there's a ton of people that we know in those. Um, but it, that was because Harvey the Harvey Milk movie with Sean Penn came out, and he won Best Actor for that he movie. He was great in that. And Sean Penn actually said in his acceptance, I did not deserve this. Mickey Rourke deserved this Oscar. Wow. So that was a really cool. The, the song is great. It's very slow and broody. I love it. Yeah. Uh, really? You're a big wrestling fan. You mook. You got a giant belt hanging behind you. Do you know why I had that giant belt? <laughs> because on my because birthday, WWE my friends thought champion. I was the heavyweight champion of the world and they bought it for me. Exactly. <laughs> uh, number nine, I put uh, The Rising. Yes. The yeah, Rising. Uh, because I think it came out at, at, a, at a really difficult time in the country. It came out right after 9-11. Uh, and that whole album is, is basically a 9-11 album. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's one of his better albums. And it's not a, it's not an E Street Band album. It's a solo record, too, which I tend to uh, like a little more sometimes, which is a little strange to say. Uh, Wait, number... You like the E Street more or solo more? I like his solo stuff more. Okay. You know, which is kind of different, but anyway. I think it's okay uh, to wait, like the solo stuff. Note, did but any of you guys ever notice that, um, and wait, nobody's brought it up yet, but Nils Lofgren looks exactly like Paul Mercurio? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who would bring that, that up? Uh, it's, it, I mean, as a comic, I think that's something that I have to bring up. <laughs> that Paul Mercurio... Oh. We have a comic from Ohio. They just had a fucking train derailment in Ohio, and he just tried to fucking derail this whole podcast by bringing up Paul Mercurio. That's fucking great. I think Patty Scaffolo looks more like Kathy Griffin. (laughs) I went to a Bruce Springsteen concert with Paul Mercurio, and I couldn't believe I was watching him on stage. That's fucking great. Uh, Number eight, uh, it was mentioned already. I think this is the best song on the Born in the USA record. I also went with No Surrender. Yeah, I think it's a solid, solid song, and that could that could go on any other album. That's why I like that song. That can go on the river. That can go on darkness. That that's an old feeling song. Hmm. Uh, a lot of songs on this list, I'm surprised nobody brought up. Um, number seven, I'm going with Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. That was on yeah. my that was on my subsidiary list. 
That was, yeah. Yeah. I would Again, not my favorite. It's not my favorite, but I've seen Bruce about 12 times already, and I just see how the crowd reacts to it. And that's yeah. one of the things I that's one of the reasons I put it on. Uh, I, I literally didn't have that on my list because it was one of the songs that I put on there that I love to listen to, but I didn't have a huge personal connection to the song. Gotcha. So I was like, I gotta put on something that it means something like personal to me. Where Tenth Avenue Freeze Out is just a song I love to listen to. Yeah, definitely. I go number six, I go Darkness on the Edge of Town. I go the I go the title track. Uh, it's just a dark, brooding, fucking amazing song. I love seeing it live. Uh, number five, I put Hungry Heart as well. Uh, mm. I think that's a I think that's a very very good song. Uh, again, but these are not my favorites. Okay, I'm just going strictly factual and going by all the shows that I've seen in the history. That uh, has like a Christmas feel to it, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, I can hear that like a holiday song. Sure. Yeah, because you you hear kind of like those bells. Yeah, those chimes. And then, well, and also, I love that Mark knew exactly what I was doing. That I let that fart just fucking lay there. Why is it a fart? It did. It, it has it has that Christmas feel with chimes. When that song comes on, like yeah, I, I could hear this song in December. Although it was a big summer song in the in summer of '81. I remember as a little kid hearing that song and going, this is such a happy song. And then when I got older and realized the lyrics, I'm like, yeah. wow, not a happy song. <laughs> it's, it's, it's upbeat and they speed it up a little bit. <laughs> True. Which is right, which, which is so funny because the rest of the album isn't like that. It's true. <laughs> no, number four, I go with Rosalita. Also was on my list, man. That was on my other list. Not my favorite song in the least bit, but I see how I see how the crowd goes wild for it. So I have to put it on there. Uh, number three, I put Born to Run. Now, you have to put Born to Run on this list because it's the quintessential Bruce song, if you want to call it that. I have this argument, and I, I, I think Mark will agree with me. Jeff will not agree with me on this at all. Uh, I have I do this once a year. I do it for the last 15 years. I go on Facebook, and I start an argument, and I go, <laughs> Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Uh, okay, is the go. biggest uh, New Jersey song. It is the biggest New. It is a bigger New Jersey song than Born to Run is. When you think mm -hmm. of New Jersey and you say, "If I had to pick one of two songs," and you you live in fucking Montana, will you pick Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen, or will you pick Living on a Prayer, knowing that both of these bands are well, much Jersey. like New Jersey? There's two New Jerseys. True. <laughs> True. So, By the way, Sean, Adam agrees with you. Well, because Adam's a smart individual. That's why. The, the big hairspray, Jersey girl, you know, that that is that Jersey, and that's the living on a prayer. But then the, the rest of Jersey, where it's like, you know, you're on Route 1, and there's some, you know, mechanic who's, you know, has cars flying by him, but he doesn't have a big enough parking lot to actually work on cars that's the born the run new jersey yeah so are you a shore or are you route one <laughs> do you think it's also generational i think it is generational but i also think that i think it's a big part of it actually jeff when you think about it because there's a lot of people my age and mark's age if you think about it are more uh 80s hair metal uh generation yeah adam chimes in he says you know uh it's an the MTV. MTV generation is going to be more sure. towards, I think, born, uh, you know, was living on a prayer. 
living on the prayer, yeah, where yeah, I think when you get like more, you know the older folks are probably going to be more born to run, more traditional. Sure, I, I agree with that, but it's just my opinion. I think "Living on a Prayer" is the bigger New Jersey song, but "Born to Run" is a classic. Uh, number two, I hate this fucking song. I will go on record and say I actually. Ah, hate I know what song it is. Yes, you do. Thunder Road. I fucking hate Thunder Road. I've never liked it. I saw a version with him and Melissa Etheridge doing it. I love Melissa Etheridge. It's one of my top 10 of all time. I despise the song. I just, I never liked it. It was never on my playlist, but the people love it. So that's why I put it on there. And number one, I am disappointed in both of you for not making this your number one song. Because this is not only the best Springsteen song. This is one of the greatest things that's ever been recorded on fucking record. This better not be what I hope it is. Jungle Land. No. Oh, that's a good one. Good. That's a really musically, good song. Musically, lyrically, it is an absolutely perfect song from the first second to the last second. It's it's Bruce Springsteen's Band on a Run. Band on the Run. That's a Dude. great, great, great analogy. It's a great analogy, that. great comparison. And I love it. You know, one of the reasons I love it, every single artist on that record stands out. Everybody has a great little piece in that song. So it's not like they just get like, their moment. Yeah, it's not like just a Clarence sax solo. It's not just, you know, fucking um, uh, Max doing a fill or whatever. Everybody has their time to shine on this. It's a brilliant, brilliant song. That was my best list. My top 10 of my favorites is very different. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have two, uh, I have two uh, honorable mentions. The first one is uh, a version of a song that he did with the Dropkick Murphys called Peg of My Heart. Now, I love the Dropkick Ooh. Murphys. Uh, they're a great band. He's also a big fan of them, too. He's done a lot of uh, appearances with them. Uh, but it's a really upbeat Irish song that he sings on it with him. <laughs> Dropkick Murphys. Every time I hear that dumb name, I keep thinking, that one song that's always in the departure. Oh, yeah. yeah. First of all, it's called The Departing, you fucking mongoloid, <laughs> number one. And number two, that's their worst song by far. <laughs> I never uh, heard of the Dropkick Murphys. So and then easy I was to big, get him. I was at a punk rock uh, thing, and it was like Rancid, Me First, and the Gimme Gimmies, and all these. And it was out on um, Roosevelt, not Roosevelt Island. What's the island? Yes. Governor's Island? Governor's, Governor's Island. Island, right. Yeah, the concert's out there. There was like 30 bands playing, and they were all on different stages and whatever. And when the Dropkick Murphys started playing, these flags got hoisted in the air. <laughs> And they were like, they had Boston flags and they're waving it. And, and I'm like, there's about to be a riot. And the whole island shut down. Everybody just ran to that stage and watched them play. And I was just like, holy shit. One of the greatest concerts I ever went to, I saw a dropkick in Boston on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, Jesus. Four o'clock in the afternoon show at the Boston University Hockey Arena. Not so, one sober person. Not at all. At four o'clock, there was nobody sober. So the show's over at seven o'clock. And then what they do is they go over to the House of Blues. They have an Irish, local Irish boxing league in Boston. So can you just imagine <laughs> how, what these fucking people look like? They all work on the docks. They're all dock workers. They're all forklift drivers. And they, and they just, they go to the House of Blues and they have this Irish boxing ring, the fucking matches, whatever. After the show, Dropkick goes into the ring and plays an acoustic set after this whole night. It's an amazing experience. Yeah, I, I like I the Dropkick Murphy. Last night 
unless Boston last night I did a corporate gig and you just described the audience there and they were corporate people. Yeah. It's a weird <laughs> fucking city. Like I'm a Celtics fan. So like it's 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 hard for me to like, yeah. It's hard because like I'm a Yankee fan. You don't want to go near Boston. Every fucking... Boston team. I hate them. Nah, I can't. Uh, that they now, my over... other my other um honorable mention, it was big because I was there. Um it's a Jersey band and Adam will appreciate this too. Cause Adam loves this band too. Uh, I saw Bruce come on stage and do uh, a couple songs with the gaslight anthem. Bruce has what gone on stock record in this band. Yes. You bring Bruce has gone on record podcast. and said, and he has gone on record and said, I have passed the torch to Brian Fallon. You know, I've I passed the torch to Brian Fallon. Brian makes no bones about it that Bruce is his hero. Was it at Asbury Convention yes, Hall? Yes, it was at the Asbury Convention Hall where I saw him do American slang with a gaslight anthem. But there's also an amazing version of uh, the 59 sound uh, they do, I think, in London or one of those places where Bruce comes on and you just see Brian Fallon almost in tears playing the song with him. Uh, it was just a great moment to watch. Uh, so number 10. I put this on here for uh, a reason. I was at a concert at Giant. It was Giant Stadium at the time, I believe. Uh, it was when the Rising album came out. It was uh, number 10 is Mary's Place. Oh, yeah. I put this on here because I had one of those surreal concert moments during the song. There's the core. The build up to the chorus is where he goes, let it rain, let it rain. Up uh, 30 seconds before that happens, the fucking skies open up. like, And it is <laughs> downpouring. And I'm, I'm covered, so I'm good. But as he sees the skies opening up, he just keeps going and saying, let it rain for about two and a half minutes. <laughs> and the place goes fucking bananas. Uh, that would infuriate me. Well, of course, because God forbid <laughs> you ever had fucking fun. Anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it was it, one of those moments right. where they just come on, man. And you could have gotten to another song at this point. <laughs> I almost had that on my list. And it was a personal reason. My mother-in-law's named Mary. I picked up my niece to drive her because we were going to a party at my in-laws house and I was playing that song and it was all about we're going to have a party meet me at Mary's place and my niece was like did they write this song about mama <laughs> that's great, <laughs> that's great. Uh, number nine I put uh, a song from Tunnel of Love and I actually scratched it all I, I had Dropkick in there but I changed it last minute and I put Brilliant Disguise in there I think I think that's uh, Tunnel of Love is an underrated album. I think it was after right after Born in the USA. Everybody expected this monster record, and he puts out his you know this solo record. Uh, but it's a gr great, great, great song. It's yeah. Funny you bring that that up because the the gig I was at in Boston, I was in the green room, and I brought up I'm putting together this Bruce Springsteen top ten song list, and I'm racking my brain. I have a thousand pieces of paper in front of me with all I should have been going over my set list but I'm trying to break down the spring scene song and the guy who uh, the promoter was uh, he sat down with me he's a huge Bruce fan and almost 75% of his uh picks were from Tunnel of Love do you remember the video for that song it was because it was just him looking into the camera singing the song no I'm gonna have to look it on YouTube oh. John's muted Sean's muted. Oh. Oh, well, that's good for the show. That uh, Sean is uh, muted. Yes. But yeah. I had to take a phone call real quick. Uh, okay, um, he's back. So number eight, um, and I reason I love this song too, uh, it, it comes from a really shitty movie. 
It's a shit movie. But this was during the days where the MTV Unplugged was ginormous, right? It, oh, yeah. It's blows oh, And so he doesn't do Unplugged. He does live in concert. And the song that I picked was Light of Day. I, I good, yeah, with Joan Jett. The Joan Jett movie's that. atrocious. Yeah. You know, you got old fucking shaky hands, Michael J. Fox, before he got fucking sick trying to play a guitar and stuff. I hated the movie. It's atrocious. <laughs> but uh, like that that version that he does on that uh, live show is just fucking off the charts. Um, and I didn't realize that he had written the song for Light of Day because I was young at that time. I didn't realize that, that he had written that song for that movie. But his version by far blows Joan Jett's away. Uh, number seven. Uh, I think this was your number one, Jeff. I put "Prove It All Night." Oh, good for you, man! I, it's yeah, my number one. I just, Love it. I, I just it makes me. Uh, it, for me, it's one of his best songs. I think it's one of his best all-around songs, and that's hard to say with somebody who has three hundred songs or whatever. Uh, number six, uh, I put on here because no one really talked about this album a lot, and put "Atlantic City" from Ooh, Nebraska. Great storytelling song. It's a great man. storyteller. It's a love song. That whole album was a big. Fuck I think you the album, album drags me. a little bit. That's why I didn't pick anything from because it. Because it's a it's a fuck you album. It's not a it's not his best album. It's like the record company wanted this monster over the top, you know, sequel to the river, and he's like, "Well, fuck you. Yeah. I'm taking a four track and I'm going to my living room and I'm recording it. And then here's my record. <laughs> like that's the biggest fuck you you can possibly do to a record company. You know. Uh, <laughs> now it gets different. Now it gets a little different. Okay, number five, I put, uh, I don't know that you always uh, tend to go towards the older shit with Springsteen. I like a lot of his newer stuff. Uh, I put a song called My Lucky Day, which is from his uh, Working on a Dream record. If you listen Uh, to this song, I don't know if you've heard it or not. This is a old school Bruce song, but he did it in the late in the late 2000s. So it has that like that rocking kind of the river vibe a little bit but uh i i personally love it it's kind of like uh it, it's a it's a fast-paced love song if you really uh break it down like that uh number four jeff you mentioned this again and i hate that i have to agree with you this is what i consider a a happy song and i've talked about this before on the podcast sometimes these songs are ridiculous and they're they're horrible songs but they make you happy when you hear it like, oh, my God, you know, my best friend's got fucking uh, AIDS. Oh, this is horrible. Put this song on. You forget about your friend with AIDS. Like, that's the kind of song that you go back to. And I picked out in the street. It's just oh, one of those cool. songs that no matter what kind of mood I'm in, if I'm in a bad fucking mood. Great live song. Oh, 100%. If I'm in a bad mood, I will. I have a playlist that's called Sean's Bad Mood Playlist. This is no joke. <laughs> it's got like seven songs, and that's on it. So it breaks me out of a bad mood every single time. Uh, number three, Mark, you mentioned this as well. Uh, I put glory days on my list. And the reason why I put glory days, there's a, there's a, a story to it. Um, my, I get my musical influences from my mother and my uncle. My uncle was her brother. Um, he had given me my copy of born in the USA. So I listened to born in the USA. I love it. I'm, I'm obsessed. I love dancing in the dark. I was eight years old, you know? So glory days comes out. And there's this big commotion. And my mom's working at an eye doctor in Hoboken. And she's a block and a half away from Maxwell's. Now they're about to film the video for Glory Days at Maxwell's while my mom is working. She shuts down the office. She drags my eight-year-old fat little ass down to the uh, music video shoot. They would not let me in because they're filming a video in a fucking bar. 
and you can't have an eight-year-old kid in the bar. But I was outside Maxwell's in 1985 while they were shooting the video, and I was desperately trying to get in, and I couldn't. But every time I watch that, I can still see myself as this fat little eight, nine-year-old standing outside trying to get in. <laughs> and it does bring – now when you're 46 or you know 80 like Jeff, you do look back and you – think about the glory days. And I always think like, you know, he has a friend who was a big baseball player in high school. I thought about my friend who was the baseball player in high school. And then you see like, you know, the, uh, the old scallywag who's like, he was the hot chick at the bar, you know, in, yes. in high school. Now she's scallywag. at the bar. Yeah. It's great work. Okay. Thank you, Civil War. And then Sean got to run out actor. to the pitcher's mound at the end of the video. <laughs> Mark, Sean never ran at all. Let's just get that out of the <laughs> way. Do you, remember, do you remember in, in glory days, you remember who makes a guest appearance in that video? Uh, Julianne Lewis. Uh, Julianne Phillips. Julianne Phillips. He was married to her at the time. Right. Yeah. All right. Number two. Uh, it's my. It was my favorite Bruce Springsteen song forever. And do you remember? Wait. Do you remember who the kid was? No. Sean Martin. It's no, it was Corey Feldman. No. Really? <laughs> Fucking idiot. This is why I can't stand him. Mark, can you commit to Sundays at one o'clock? I can do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this was my favorite Bruce song for a very long time very very long time and they just got bumped out of number one uh it's from the lucky town record it's called better days I had better it days is a great song Love better days song. again puts out two solo albums that was uh, my at number six. Time. yeah it was, i think they were, i don't know if they were the same day or if they were a couple it was the same before. day it was right it was yeah. like guns and roses okay yes he puts out these two solo records both very different i mean one's more upbeat one's more a little mellower. This to me is is an amazing love song that's not a slow ballad. And I just yeah. the lyrics of it are just fucking off the charts. Now, number one is my favorite Bruce Springsteen. I'm right now freaking out trying to figure out what it is. You don't know it. Now, the reason I wrote put this at number one, I heard it the first time. Uh Jeff, you can make fun of me all you want. I was hysterical crying. Like ugly cry, like bad cry. You listen to the words of this song. Now, the reason why I I I am so uh drawn to this song, like I said, my uncle got me into Bruce. My uncle was my best friend in the whole world. He was like my dad, he was my brother, my best friend, my godfather, everything. And he got taken away very, very early. Okay, like, now I can't make a joke about it. No, you can't at all. Uh it's uh <laughs> died at gonna call him a pussy now. I can't do it. You all can't right, no. So like he died at 49, like I'm 46. So I'm like, holy shit. Like I, I got three years to beat him. You know what I mean? Like that's, so like, I always thought about In him. Three years, Mark, you're the co-host on this show. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote this song about Danny Federici and Clarence dying. Mm. So it's called Ghosts. I knew you were going to pick this song. It's you've my. Been, you've been talking about this for a while. Jeff, I'm telling you, I, I haven't had a song affect me in a long, long, long time like this song did. So when I hear the lyrics about how, um, you know, uh, the, you're gone, but I'm alive and I'm out here on my own. Like, I, and I, I go to another level too. Like I have a band and my best friend in the entire world is my guitar player. Like I can't imagine losing him. Cause like, he's one of those people, like, I'm sure you guys have friends, Jeff, you are not this friend for me. I want you to understand this. You're a good friend. But you are not this friend. <laughs> So like, if something happens to me, you you'll be upset, but but not that upset. Um, no, I would be upset. Like, look, if you How died, would, like on a Tuesday, right? I uh, would see Sean doing I, this. Are you still doing the show on uh, Sunday? No, I bump it up to Wednesday. 
like because I don't want to do this on <laughs> Sunday. But uh, no, so like like there's a connection. Like when you have when you're in a band, you have a different kind of connection with your friends and your bandmates and things like that. Me and him can bounce ideas back and forth to each other and you know we've written some amazing songs we've had some garbage but it's that camaraderie and i could never i mean some people jump from band to band to band i've i've never done that i've had once you write a theme song for this show stupid i could do that i could do that all right and i just gave it an epiphany you really did i love it uh so there is that connection to the song there's the connection with my uncle to the song. I watched the the making of uh, the album, which was mind blowing to begin with, and I think that this is the best song he's written in 25 years, easily. Wow. I think it's better than any. It's better than anything he's put out in the 2000s. Going back to listen to it, you have to watch the video too. Yeah. The video is great. Um, you know, I don't have the connection of like my. Uh, you oh, know, that wait, Adam. Adam threw a good one in there. I'll see you in my dreams. Uh, is a great song. Now, the reason I love this last album that he did, if you, now, I don't know if you heard, it's called Letters to You. It's a it's a great record. It's one of his more more solid records, top to bottom. There's three songs on that record that he wrote in 1971 and 1972, and he never recorded. So you're going 40 fucking years that you wrote a song, and you're saying to yourself, you know what? I think I wrote this song 40 years ago. It's time to put it on record. And they're great songs and they sound fresh. Like he wrote them in 2022, but he wrote them in 72, 73. So ghost is without question. My favorite Bruce song. One of your favorites. He's playing it as his second song on the set list. I at the show that. that I'm going to. So I will be going live with that song. Um, and I'll be ugly it. crying. No, I've gotten past it. Like it was like the first, I think it was like the first like 180, 185 times I heard it. I would bawl my eyes out. Dude, just, just picture him. He'll be at the Springsteen concert, be with his wife, and a whole bunch of people, his big baby Yui will sit there crying during the song. Oh, I will. You're going to cry because it's going to be live. And that well, I'm going to cry for a couple you. reasons because I have amazing seats for the first show that I'm going to see. I'm, I have like front row seats in the upper level. So I'm not going to have any mongoloids standing in front of me. That's big. Filling beer on me. And then when I go in the summertime, uh, it's going to be outdoors, and I'm taking yeah, my mom right. with me too. So my mom's going to come see Springsteen. That's, that's going to be a good time. So listen, so, yeah, these were. Uh, I'm happy with all of our lists. To be this honest. is good, but before before we wrap it up, let me throw a couple of lists that the uh, listeners sent in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dave Nidal, who's a big listener of the show, yes, you he know, loves our too. By the way, yes, he does hate me. Uh, loves our top ten list. He he uh, chimed in with. Uh, I'll, I'll just put it in the order that he sent it to me. Uh, Born to Run, Hungry uh, Hungry Heart, Thunder Road, The River, Dancing in the Dark. None of us put this one on. Badlands. Um, oh, yeah, Rosalita, 10th Avenue, Freeze Out. Um, I'm on Fire, which I cannot not hear that song and not think of Paul Bond. Um, and Santa Claus I'm is so Coming sorry. to Town. Yeah, it's not a name you ever want to hear. Yeah, I hate that one. Okay, here's another one. Uh, Vinnie Guerrero, uh, Born to Run, The Rising, Racing in the Street, oh. uh, Promised Land, Badlands. I'm surprised you didn't put this one on your list. Ghost of Tom Jode. I love that song. Yeah, I love that song. And what's the name? Ridge does a great uh, version of it. The River, uh, Nebraska, Thunder Road, Jungle Land. Tom Borowski, who is a huge, I know he is a huge uh, uh, Springsteen fan. So his, his list is a little deeper than the other two. 
Uh, well, the, he, the funny thing was, is uh, as you're naming the list, I kind of get who that person is as a personality. Like, oh, this guy's like a stadium rocker. Like, he's probably going to the concert and doing. The other guy was a little more folksy. You know what? Like, I think I think you're right on that. So, what? what how would you pay out this guy? Okay. Um, and by the way, he's called the radio show before. Um, brilliant disguise, human touch, waiting on a sunny day. I'm on fire. Um, cover me. Tenth Avenue freeze out. Born to run. Dancing in the dark. Badlands. Thunder Road. That guy's definitely a romantic who doesn't want to admit it. And he bought the essential Bruce Springsteen hit CD fucking <laughs> list at a gas station in fucking Delaware, and that's what he played. Okay. <laughs> Sean Pistiglione chimes in with Thunder Road, Atlantic City. No Surrender, The Rising, Racing in the Street, Jungle Land, Rosalita, Land of Hope and Dreams, One Step Up, and Born to Run. You guys familiar that with guy one is step a guy up? who owns a convertible and loves driving on the coast, blasting one step music. Up, one Step Up is an amazing, amazing song. Like, that's one of those ones that you could put on repeat when you get to Youngstown, Ohio, and then you're driving through Cleveland, then you drive through Columbus, and you drive through Cincinnati, and you can play that song the whole the whole way through. Blasted, just <laughs> top down. Sean, one of your friends chimed in, Johnny Benson. Okay. And Johnny he B. put out, yeah, this is his top 10. I'll go in, in reverse order. 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Badlands, Thunder Road, Hungry Heart, Prove it all night, out in the streets. Here's one we haven't heard yet. Jersey Girl. Ugh. No one has brought that up. Uh, Dancing in the dark, and the and these two, uh, trapped, and the wrestler. Well, Johnny's a wrestling fan, so that's why he put the wrestler on there. I put it like at, at the number ten. I knew right away he's a fucking mark. He would have put it at number one because he lives and breeds <laughs> that shit. Okay. <laughs> no, another past guest on the show, uh, Chris Murphy. Uh, chimes in with 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Rosalita, Cadillac Ranch. This is something that I just made, mm, you know, the first time we've seen that in here. Uh, Santa Claus has come to town. I, I don't get that. Um, Jersey Girl, Prove It All Night, Badlands, Thunder Road, Promised Land, Born to Run. Um, oh, here we go. Jeff Mann. I mean, it really isn't Christmas until you hear Bruce going, say! The is coming. I hate that. I hate that. It, for me, it's Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. I, fucking <laughs> Christmas does not start for me until I hear that. That's a great. That, that's a great one. Um, mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. How do you put that in a fucking Christmas song? It's and in a make Christmas it work? song. Oh. Okay, Jeff Mano. Put okay. a, a couple that we haven't spoke about yet. Streets of Philadelphia. You guys like that song? Nah. No. I mean, uh, it's really good movie, for but... the movie. Yeah. The movie's I mean, great. It was great for the soundtrack. It's not a song that if it was just on the album, I'd probably like it. It's a it's not very uplifting. No, it's yeah. a throwaway song, and it only it only got popular because you know Tom Hanks died of AIDS, like Mark Bull. Yeah. What else? Uh, Born I, I in high school I liked that song. Okay. Um, if I should fall behind, that's a great one. That's... Dancing in the dark. And did anyone mention my hometown? 
Oh, no, it's a good one. Though. I didn't like again. I'm, I'm gonna go on record and say Born in the USA is a goddamn great record, and it gets a lot of shit because it was had some poppy MTV hits, but it is a top to bottom great record. There ain't a bad song on there. Hmm. Yeah, I can't believe Bruce isn't from Youngstown because all well, of his songs, it's like you're just describing. <laughs> you're just from, talking about east palestine right now <laughs> from just outside philadelphia roy Mackey sends in streets of philadelphia uh, here's one that do you guys know this burning train yeah great song yeah that hasn't been brought up uh youngstown thunder road my hometown i'm on fire the river Tougher than the rest. That's the first time we've seen that on a list. Mm-hmm. Good one. Uh, Badlands and Atlantic City as well. Wow. And I want to get to one more because he this took guy... Atlantic City out of that. I would say that guy was from the Midwest. It was a very yeah. Midwest. Yeah, that's like a hey, let's download the Essentials Apple Apple Music playlist of Bruce Springsteen, and these are going to pop up on there. Yeah. <laughs> I love his covers. I love him covering songs because I feel like he's one of those singers like a Towns Van Zant, not the prettiest voice, right. not necessarily hitting the notes, but you feel everything he's talking about. My, one of my favorite stories about Bruce is that when Max was filling it, had to do that, I guess it was the uh, Letterman or whatever, and his son Jay filled in on drums. Now, Jay is now the drummer for Slipknot, which I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh <laughs> So Jay gets handed a book and like they're going on tour, I think on a Sunday and it's like the Monday before and Max hands him this big book and he goes, dad, what's this? He goes, well, these are the songs you got to learn. He goes, dad, there's 270 songs in this book. He goes, yep. They could play any of them anytime on the tour. And this kid had to learn 200. I mean, I'm sure he knew most of them from being the freaking drummer's son, you know, but, uh, 270 songs he had a lot that's got to be really that's hard covered. still right uh, yeah so this guy i thought had a very interesting list this is sent in to us by joe dibbs and he puts in no particular order though uh thunder road working on the highway no one we haven't that's had that a great on. one mm-hmm. oh i love that song uh yeah tunnel of love better days uh blinded by the light no no one brought that up good one Again, but that's a good uh covered by manford man Growing up, no one brought that up. It's hard to be a saint in the city. That was one I almost put on my list. I think this is a great one. She's the one. Oh, that fucking intro to that. Yeah, it's quintessential Springsteen. Uh, Badlands, Out in the Street, Reason to Believe, Hmm. Cover Me, I'm Going Down. That's a great one. And I'll see you in my dreams. I think all the fan submitted lists, um, Badlands can suck a dick. Like I'm not a fan. Like no, I'm not a fan of Badlands. Like I'm not. It's like a Thunder Road to me. Like I'm at if I'm at the show, that's my pee break. But to stand out on the triple live album. Yeah, I really understand. Is. Does it mean it's good? <laughs> Doesn't mean I, it's good. To There's me, it's one of those songs. with you, you know. That's I more. love it, but I'm not putting it on a playlist. Yeah, but it's if, never if it's it on. I'm not going to go, come on, turn this off. I'm gonna yeah, go, I agree. Like I'll, I might give it like a minute and a half, and then I'll hit next. <laughs> jump to the next one. But yeah, it's never going on a top plot. Here's one that, did, that didn't make any list. Did, I, we didn't even bring it up. How about Sherry Darling? Do you like that? guys like that one? Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's not his greatest. 
It's not as great. It's like I don't, I don't, I'm not the one of those people who th- who say that like oh everything that Bruce has ever written or recorded is like amazing. Look, the Devils and Dust album has one song on it that is remotely decent. The rest is is garbage. It's one of the worst records ever put out. Yeah, I bought his, the box set. You know the 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 box set of all of his like uh, covers or whatever. Tracks. Came out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I listened to it all once, and then it was like, uh, that was about all I needed. And then I clipped the ones I liked and put them on a playlist. But I didn't he's doing to, he's I never doing have to revisit that, uh, the whole box. Right, right. It's one of those things you play once, and like you, you have to have it because you have everything in the collection, and you play it once, and then it just sits there and collects dust. Yeah, like Pink Cadillac's a fun song, but I don't. I needed to know it. I don't need to have it. Right. Like, I don't need to play it every day. Like he's uh he's doing something that Pearl Jam did back in the 90s on this tour that if you uh want your physical copy of the show that you just saw 10 minutes later you go downstairs and you can buy the digital copy of the show you were just at. I remember Kiss was doing that like 20 years ago and I was like, <laughs> yeah. of course they Pearl, are. Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam was doing it too, yeah. Or you can just go on YouTube and get it for free. <laughs> look well, i've, I've spent thousands on these tickets i could spend 20 album. more on the fucking live version of the song not like i'm gonna not bootleg this show my phone is gonna have an external battery charging <laughs> the back of it i'm videotaping this entire two shows that i'm going to because let me tell you something uh i had to make decisions about what bills i wanted to pay in order to pay for these fucking tickets okay <laughs> but i'm getting my money's worth out of these shows I just put in a ticket request. My friend is a uh, Springsteen's road manager, and I just put in a request to see, you know, if he can get me the, some tickets, then I'll go. Otherwise, I mean, I I used to I used to work on the tours, uh, and one with the E Street Band, one when he did the uh, solo records. So I mean, I've I've seen Springsteen. I can't begin to tell you how many times. And it there's never it's never a bad show. It's never had a bad show. And this is a great set list, you know. That, uh, I don't, yeah. Did you see it, Mark? Yeah, it's yeah. It, it looks I really, really. When good. I, uh, I think one of the last shows I went to is when he did the tour when he had uh, "Born to Run," "Darkness," and "Born in the USA," and he was flip flopping every night. He was doing the full record from top to bottom. And I went with my friend Anthony, and he was like, "Oh, I'll take "Born to Run" or "Darkness." If he does "Born in the USA," I'm gonna be fucking pissed. And sure enough, he did "Born in the USA." Yeah, that that would have been me. And I was ecstatic because, again, my favorite, it was my first record. It's still my favorite record. And I got to, and we were on the floor. So we were really close too. And I got to see it from top to bottom. And then, of course, he does a two and a half hour greatest hit set after that. But uh, I'm glad he's kind of not doing that on this round. He's doing some of the stuff from the new record. He's doing the greatest hits. And hopefully he will uh, drop out Thunder Road on the set list when I go because he drops it out for uh, The Promised Land. I don't well, think you can go wrong with either song. No one, I, no one, no one, no one mentioned. Um, remember, the, did you guys were fans? Were either one of you fans of Western Stars? It's a good one. The 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 uh, movie I, I think was like better that. than the record because he had the whole. He does. I'll tell you what though. I was almost have this on my honorable mention. He does a great, great, great version of one of my f- top five favorite songs ever, "Rhinestone Cowboy" by Glenn Campbell. Oh, that's one of your top five songs it's a ever. Fucking, it, it's another happy song. It just makes me smile. It makes me smile. And then does I it take you to a place? That has to take you to a place. 
No, it does. You know why? Because it also, Lou Sean in his shorts. You just want to pinch his no, legs. No, no. I always loved the song growing <laughs> up. And then uh, one of my best friends in the world, uh, my friend Donna, uh, who was my my host for for years until she stopped doing comedy, like a little bitch. But uh, <laughs> and that's her favorite song of all time. So like we, we didn't realize like we both had one of the same uh, favorite songs. So that's kind of like why I uh, I, I love Bruce's version of that. It was like 2004 or five spring scene was playing in the Meadowlands. And um, I worked at stand up New York and the GM who you, I th- think you guys met the gay Nick. He had the fire engine, red hair, gigantic flamboyant gay. No, man. but I got short, annoying Jeff. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, big game. And so the bartender, me and Paul Mercurio, were all talking about buying tickets. How, how did Paul Mercurio keep fucking episode today? <laughs> We, well, this we've been doing this show story. for almost three years. His name has never come up. This is the three story of why I brought him up earlier. So we're all talking about getting Springsteen tickets. We're all excited. I'm making fun of them. That aren't you going to be on stage playing with the band? And so we're all going to get tickets. Big Gay Nick goes, I don't understand you boys. You you straight boys. You love your Bruce Springsteen. You love your Bruce Springsteen. And Mercurio said to him, Nick, I'll buy your ticket. We'll all go out to the concert. If you do not have the best time, you don't have to pay for the ticket. But if you enjoy it, you can pay me back. We were at song three, and Nick is like shoveling money at Paul. Like, this was the greatest concert. I'm having so much fun. We're like, buckle in. You got two hours. Yeah. Like, like the man's going to play for a while. But there's no letdown. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I've never seen a show. Never seen a bad. This might be my thirteenth and fourteenth show. I've never seen a bad show. Wow, oh, man! I uh, I wanted to show you that my wife will probably kill me for showing how filthy my office is, but I have to. Uh, my records on the wall. Oh, look at that! Very cool. <laughs> I love that. What do you got I, there? Uh, you got, go back to the albums. Let's see. We got the the doors and. Two Springsteen albums and Clash, and of course, Dark Side of the Moon. That's probably the best album ever made. Don't leave out Lionel Richie. No, that's a great. You know, he's touring with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, we are so going to that show, by the way. <laughs> I love <laughs> me somewhere. You're going to see my fat little ass dancing in September in that goddamn show. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've, I've seen them so many times. They I never have. I've never seen either one. So I, I want to go see that show. <laughs> You'll enjoy them. They're good, man. Their version of fantasy. Um, it's uh Phil Bailey's son sings in the band now too. Oh, awesome, uh, much yeah, and he's, nice. he's he's great. He's really, yeah, he's really good. He awesome. uh yeah, yeah, he sang Easy Lover with um with uh, Stephen who was it? Phil Collins. Yeah. Phil Collins. <laughs> this is a good episode. Before we wrap this up, where do you guys rate Springsteen in on the old time list? Hundred percent, he's in five, my top ten. Top ten, he's probably yeah. in my top seven. Yeah, for for me, he's top five. But I think as far as all around music, he's got to be a top ten. Easy. I mean, you got your Beatles, you got your Stones, you got you know Springsteen, Elton John, Elton John, Billy Joel. I mean, he's definitely in the top. Springsteen's ten. in the right wheelhouse for me because probably all the people on my list are all singer songwriters and not necessarily bands. Okay. Um, I love bands, but like I have a deeper respect for the singer songwriters. Nice, yeah. So, 
he's definitely in my wheelhouse to be, but I bet he would probably be at five, six, or seven, somewhere in that range. Who are you putting ahead of him? Uh, definitely Towns Van Zant. Wow. Um, Willie Nelson. Um, Elvis, which he's not really a singer or a songwriter, but he's a spectacle. He's a crooner. <laughs> he's a spectacle. Of Runa. <laughs> um, and I guess I'd really have to. Yeah, and then it's probably Springsteen, Johnny Cash. And I'm not even a huge country fan. If mm. you look at my music, it's more. Yeah, you, you couldn't tell from that list. Yeah, I'd, I'd seem like a country fan. But if you look at my albums and shit, if we go through those drawers over there, it's almost all hard rock and metal. Yeah, but, we're diverse, and and Jeff's the same way too. I mean, Jeff's kind of diverse, but you get you got to be when you pigeonhole yourself with music, you're just doing yourself a disservice. You yeah. just want music to be good. It doesn't make right. a difference. Too. It's like I I love Goth Brooks. I could listen, but I also love Pet Shop Boys. And Maiden is probably my favorite band. Did you hear Maiden announced? Did Did you hear it with Steve Harris? Yeah, but then what's the name? Dickinson the came out and said that's not true, and okay. that they'll probably die on stage. Well, I was last night on the drive home. I'm with Richie Byrne and we started talking about hard oh, rock. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> and I said to him, I go, is this weird? Love Iron Maiden. Love Black Sabbath. Love Rob Halford. Was never really a big Motorhead fan. How does that happen to me? I'm the same way, Mark. I'm the exact same way. You named three of my probably top 10 metal bands or, or hard with rock an Ace band. of Spades tattoo because I love Motorhead fucking so much. I mean, I should love Motorhead, but for some reason it went over me, and I just like. I, I think I was late. I was late. I was late to the game with them. I'm I think much them. like Joy Division, it's probably better marketing than it is a band. Would you say that's true? No, not at all. Motorhead is to this day the loudest concert I ever went to. I think does I that make have, it better though? No, I still have hearing loss from that show. He was a very underrated songwriter, Lemmy. And some of Ozzy's best songs he ever recorded, Lemmy wrote. Wow. You know, so that's one. Yeah, he wrote "Mama, I'm Coming so, Home." So he wrote is, uh, "See You Side." Lemmy is the Towns Van Zant of hard rock. <laughs> Let me tell you, he's a very underrated songwriter because he has this. In big other people's hands, they can make hits. Yeah, I mean, he had this big mystique about him for being like six five with a big hat and the big bass and the monster mole and all that shit, but. Solid band, man. They were a real solid band. They weren't they weren't heavy metal, they weren't hard rock, they weren't fucking hair metal, they were just motorhead. Yeah. Also, one of the nicest, most accessible rock stars you're ever gonna meet. Never met wow. him. Stalked him at the rainbow many a time, but never met him. <laughs> mm. I was working a show and I got a chance to meet him, and they were the opening act. It was Motorhead, Ugly Kid Joe was the uh, middle band. And Ozzy closed it out. Ugly Kid wow. Joe, my opinion, is one of the top 10 most underrated bands in you, hard you rock. You always say that, man. You I am driving out to fucking the middle of Pennsylvania next month on my one night off of comedy, 230 miles to go see Ugly Kid Joe. Wow. <laughs> in concert. I'm I going just... to fucking Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Wow. To go see you are going. I'm going far. I'm going deep. What were you going to yeah. say, Mark? Did you have an Ugly Kid Joe story? No, but I have. I, I interviewed Rob Halford when I used to work in an Atlantic City radio station. And I asked him if you could go back in time and play in any other band, 
what band would you want to play? And talent means nothing. Like, I want to be the drummer of whatever, but I don't play the drums. That doesn't matter. You get the go. Great question. And he picked Pink Floyd. He said Pink Floyd's probably the greatest band that nobody sounds like them. They're the most original sound. He's right. Pink and I, I was always a Pink Floyd fan. But after that interview, I went back and re-listened to all of Pink Floyd. And I'm blown away. There is no other band that sounds like them. And they're the only band I've ever played and could see the music. Like, you yeah, can Sonic. see it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, you mentioned Richie Byrne. That's his, I think it's his favorite band. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If, if if it's not his favorite band, then it's Dark Side. It's his yeah. favorite album. I think either that or Wish You Were Here, which are two. If you talk about two albums that ever came out back to back, those are probably the two best albums that, you know, including the Beatles. I mean, when you're talking about how it changed music and 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 musically and lyrically. Um, but you know what kind of gets lost was the the third album between uh, Wish You Were Here and The Wall, which was Animals. And basically... My favorite record of theirs. Yeah. It, it, it's it's very, very Orwellian. And he's talking about how the sheep are the people, how the dogs are the capitalists, and how the pigs are the politicians. Can you and, stop with the big words? What you're big word fucking, did I use? You're a fucking feature from Staten Island with fucking what Orwellian. What big words am I using? <laughs> Orwellian. Shut the fuck up. Real oh, God. oh, I read again because I was a big because I was a big fan of uh, 1984 and Animal Farm. Okay, and oh. that these two and that these two, uh, th th especially Animal Farm, resonated with Roger Waters. I mean, come on, man. There's nothing big about that. Oh, may again, maybe you don't read books, or maybe okay. But I, I love this stuff, and I love, I love how deep Roger Waters is. And when you look at like Roger Waters of uh, Lennon McCarthy, like the the depth of the songs that they wrote before they were thirty. When you compare it to shit today, doesn't hold a candle. I don't know. Then, I think Wet Leg is better than fucking Dark Side. Fuck Wet Leg, Wet Leg Chase Lounge. Okay, Jesus Christ! You know the adjectives that are thrown around, but for this oh. for this fucking average. It's not even average, Mark. Please check out this band, Wet Leg. Now we torture. Don't check them out. Don't Adam. waste your time. There. I Adam swears it. by this. Adam, you I, should come I, on here and defend please. Wet Leg right now. Adam is not just the producer of this podcast. Adam is actually a friend of mine. I will say he's a friend, as Jeff is a dear friend of mine too. Uh, I made it. I think it was twenty-two or twenty-three seconds into this song. And I was like, I'm going to fire this fucking guy. I don't want to ever have any association with him ever again. But Adam knows his music. He, this he, he, he can back it up. I don't, but I sometimes, Adam, can you please come on here? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's a fun album. It's a, it's no, a, it's, it's not, not a fun <laughs> album. It's, it's horrible. It's so beyond less than mediocre. Wet leg. Do, do you do this just to kind of like, to be the contrarian guy, like, listen, man, you know, no one's gonna get it, but I really love Scritty Politi. They're much better than Pink Floyd. <laughs> like, here's how bad I hate this record. Okay, um, this is gonna be very dark. Um, I found my grandmother dead two days after Christmas, 1988. I was 12 years old. If you told me that I had to relive that every day, or listen to Wet Legs album. Front Jesus. to back again. I'd get in the time machine and <laughs> fucking see her dead body every fucking day of my life. Here we go, Grand. 
Listen, I know you can't hear me, Grandma, but trust me, the alternative is no fucking better. You trust me, you're doing much better here, laying here, than listening to this shit. I think that's how we end the fucking show. Yeah, Let me tell you something. We got I've, dark. I have been looking camp. forward to this episode all week, me too. and me I too. gotta say. It did not disappoint. It never does. This was great. Fucking Mark Riccadonna comes <laughs> and brings it. It's a grand slam. Thank you so much for coming. I need on. to be Thank better friends with Mark Riccadonna. Is what, yes, what comes we'll out take out. Really, man. Now what, that what, I don't live in New York City, I can actually hang out with people. I know. I yeah, like this. One of the one of the best guys, not only in comedy, just one of the best fucking dudes, man. He's quite a good dude. Love Mark Riccadonna. Mark, yeah. great list. Sean, great list. Listeners, thank you so much. Yeah, big for sending in you. those lists. Those were very, very interesting. Great stuff. And uh, we got we got a, a good guest uh, coming up next week as well. We're gonna have uh, Chris Roach. You know Chris oh, Roach. Shit. Hey, thanks for telling me. And tell the fucking audience first. Don't tell the co-host. Oh, I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, so tune in for that and keep subscribing and, you know, and, you know, if you have lists, send them in. We, we would love to hear them. All right. Uh, Mark, where can people find you? What you got coming up? Just uh, anything, any on social media. It's Mark Riccadonna. I'm the only one. Easy to find. You're goddamn right. You are because they broke the mold and they made you. Follow him. Follow him. He, he doesn't. <laughs> He does a nice uh, show with uh, Gemini and Justin Gonzalez, and they call themselves the Laugh Pack. And I got to go see one of their shows uh, about a week ago over at Park's Casino, and they, those guys knock it out of the park. So if you ever see those shows on sale, you know, do yourself a favor. Go check it out. I'm not just saying it. It's really good stuff. Thank yeah. you, man. Mark is a great welcome. comic, and Gemini is a ventriloquist. So. And Justin's an opera singer. So is it really? Yeah, it's great. a variety show. Old school variety. We usually have a I love that. Yeah, good stuff. Sean, anything cool coming up? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be passed, um, you know, once this airs and stuff, but I'm very happy. Uh, first time in about 10 years, I'm back at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick uh, next week. It took me a long time to get back in there, and uh, let's hope I don't fuck it up. <laughs> you won't fuck up. You'll be I great. might. I very well might. <laughs> but well, hopefully, and if we get this out soon enough, this weekend coming up, I'll be at uh, Rhino Comedy in uh, Suffern, New York. Okay. Levity left levity live on saturday night the 18th you can catch me headlining at uh church of satire in march and april and i also got uh holly pennsylvania the crazy country club it's a nice area you'll dig that you'll dig that so just go you know what go just go on all our uh, social medias follow us and you know come out to a show guys anyway mark thanks again sean i'll talk to you during the week adam I'll see you on Wednesday. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.